This podcast is produced and managed by Kangaroo Fern Media Lab, Australia's independent video and podcast company. We do the podcasting hard bits so you don't have to. We make podcasts easy. Book a call at www.kangaroofern.com www.k-a-n-g-a-r-o-o-f-e-r-n.com A Kangaroo Fern production. If it's something that interests you, go for it. Start working it. Now, that doesn't mean you walk in and start pitching your services. You want to be, be a giver. You want to provide some kind of value to other people. What you define as value is not what you provide to other people. Value is what other people get from you. They determine if it's valuable or not. So don't go in there thinking, oh, I'm going to be the best thing that they've ever heard of, and you have no idea what they want because your value is not the same to them. This podcast is brought to you by Kangaroo Fern Productions, Australia's independent podcast management. Book a call at www.kangaroofern.com slash book now. Welcome to That Podcast is Changed, and I'm Victor Santos. For today's episode, we're talking about podcast editing and how to become a great podcast editor. Our guest for today is Steve Stewart, the creator of Podcast Editors Club, which has over 7,000 members and co-created the Podcast Editor Academy, a membership site with tons of resources for other podcast editors. Come on, jump on and dive in. Hey, Steve and uh, Team Podcaster, we welcome to the to the show, Steve. It's been a while. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's only been about half a year, but you know, it's 2020, <laughs> so it seems, seems like forever. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so the last time we um, have a chat with you was during the podcast um, summit, which is on, I think it's April this year. It's been a lot of happening in podcasting space since then. To our audience and to our listener right now, Steve, can you tell us about yourself so that they'll learn from you? Sure. Well, right now, all they need to know about from me is that I'm a full-time podcast editor and I run a couple communities for podcast editors. It was a accidental career that I started back in 2016 when I had somebody in a community they belonged to ask if I would edit their show. I was a podcaster. I was hanging out with a bunch of financial bloggers in the same niche and always talking about podcasting. And they're like, okay, we don't want to do the editing. Steve, would you? And when this community started hearing that I was doing it for this one uh, podcaster, I got a bunch of other people asking and it just blew up into this career. And then I selfishly started a Facebook group for podcast editors because I wanted to only talk about the post-production stuff. I was so tired about hearing about microphones and mixers and people asking the same question. You know, what do you think about Libsyn? You know, what do you think about this mic? And I was like, let's just talk about post-production stuff. I want to learn more there and, and hang out with people like that. And it grew. It, it's still growing. We've got over 7,300 members. And then from this, this little community, we've also launched the uh, Podcast Editors Conference which was a in-person conference March 6th in Orlando, Florida. It was one week before who came out and said that there was this pandemic and everything had to shut down. So we got right in right in there. And then we took the videos from that, uh, that, that fantastic conference and launched a membership site with a bunch of other content to teach other people how 
to start or grow their own podcast editing business and it just keeps flowing from there. So that's what I've been doing. What have you been up to? <laughs> <laughs> Still trying to figure out. <laughs> yeah, so th <laughs> thank you so much for that. So what what it well, what it takes to be make a career out of editing podcasts? So is that hard? Do I need to learn a lot of software or technicalities? Well, to make any kind of career out of anything, it's going to take, at least as a solopreneur, somebody who's working by themselves trying to serve you know, a variety of different clients, your level of success will come from great customer service. You, of course, have to have the skills in whatever, that you're, whatever it is you're providing. And since we're talking about podcast editing here, we'll just use that as an example. Uh, I knew how to edit, but I was not good at it. I knew how to edit my own thing. I'd been using Audacity to edit my show. And if anybody knows, Audacity is not the most sophisticated product out there. Uh, but I, I was familiar with it because I was using it before podcasting began. Uh, I was using it for my own show, which I launched in 2010. And then when somebody asked me, hey, would you edit? I'm like, well, I can do it, sure. Um, I wasn't expecting it to turn into a career, so I was just using Audacity for it. And then when it became this thing, I was like, oh, I got I to gotta start upping my level. So then it became more of a learning thing while I was also trying to create this new business. So I had to learn a little bit more. And I was, I was honing my craft, too, because I wasn't a great editor on my own show, but I had to be for somebody else. I had to provide a better product for them than what I, what I would do for myself. And that just gets you more recommendations. More kudos means you know two thumbs up from your from your clients, and they get to tell other people about you. and And my 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 main marketing uh, effort has really not been much of an effort at all. It's been word of mouth from the clients. I've gotten lots of credibility from them just by them being wowed and delighted by my service, which I didn't think was that fantastic. But they're just like, Steve, you're great. I love it. And so great customer service is the number one thing. Skills, yes, you got to have the skills. But like I said, I, I didn't have that much. I didn't have a, any formal training in audio, nothing like that. Just experience, just learning from doing. So there's a, a lot of uh, software is coming out in the market. Some of them are AI to help you polish your podcast. Do you think that it's going to affect any podcast editor? Because there's a lot of software upgrade that easy for DIY podcaster to do instead of hiring a podcaster what do you think is why we need to hire a podcast editor than rely to this AI software well the AI software that's doing the editing for us the main one is called Descript it's an amazing piece of software where you you upload your audio through this app and it transcribes everything and this transcription is actually pretty good. It's not perfect, but it keeps getting better and better. And it's it's really it, it can stand on its own. But that's not why you use Descript. Uh, then you can edit the audio by editing the text. That's amazing. I mean, if you think about it, you could take out full sections of a podcast just by highlighting it, clicking delete on the keyboard, and you've just edited audio. It's it's magical. It's amazing. So the AI in that is is pretty fantastic. Obviously, there's a lot more features that something like Descript has to offer, but it's not perfect. Uh, one thing that they had a problem with for the longest time, they, they're really getting closer to, to making it a lot better, but it's still not perfect, is, is a crossfade or just keeping the edits from sounding unnatural. Because the sign of a good editor is you never had any idea that he or she was there. 
you, you, you've got to be able to listen to a show and have no idea that it was edited. Uh, there might be some audio production error, you know, with the intros and outros, music transitions, sound effects, whatever. Then it's obvious that it was edited in some way. But when somebody's having a conversation, you as the listener want to be absorbed in the conversation. You don't want to be distracted by, you know, a breath got cut off halfway through because it was a bad edit. Or somebody tried to cut out an um, which was part of another word, because that's how some one, you know, some people will speak that way, and it just it is unnatural and it becomes distracting, and you don't want that. So AI can help; it can shortcut things. I've used AI for some of my clients because they have distinct uh, verbal crutches that I can quickly go through and just eliminate a hundred instances of of my client going right. You know, at the end of every sentence, right? They say, right, it's all right, you know. So I go through this thing with the script, take out the rights, and it saves me time or sanity in your case. But the AI coming is interesting. Uh, there's other stuff that the AI is out there to help us with, specifically like show notes and writing text and copy and stuff like that. But as far as editing audio, you cannot replace a human being for it because it just doesn't know how to be human yet. Hopefully in the Hopefully in the future. <laughs> well, no, because I like my job. That's another one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. What, what, what are the best, say, resources that help you along the way in this uh, podcasting um, editing? When you say resources, are you talking about pieces of software? Are you talking about communities? Because I could talk about both, and they both are valuable, actually. Yeah. So but, but do you think is what are the best resources that help you? along the way so it can either be the community it can be either it's well let me talk about one one of each because the podcast editors club on facebook is the place i started it just to hang out with other people did something like this and i end up learning so much more about it and it was in there that i learned about the software that i'll talk about next which is isotope rx uh amazing software this thing is just it's magical it helps create it helps to enhance the audio, it helps to remove some of the noise and the, um, you know, mouth clicks, bad breaths. Uh, there's some magical things too that it uses AI. You you select the audio once you bring it into the, the RX software. You select the audio that you want to apply an effect to, and some of these features have this thing called learn. You click the learn button, it listens to it, and it says, "Here's what we suggest you do to it," and you review it, and if you like it, you hit. Um, apply. If you don't, you can tweak it. It's it's amazing. And it was something that somebody had said in my Facebook group in 2017. They said, why haven't I heard about RX before? This is sorcery. You know, it was a magical software to them. And I was like, okay, what is this thing? It was because of that recommendation by one person that I learned about it. And from then on, it's just like, oh my gosh, you know, and there's a lot of great plugins out there too. Uh, Isotope RX is a little more expensive, but it's also got a lot of features in it. And again, it is it's sorcery, so that's my recommendation. Is check that out. That's right. So I'm I'm still using that one, <laughs> RX7. <laughs> so that's a good uh, software. So as a podcast editor and as a community leader as well, um, Steve, uh, uh, most of our listeners right now is say early stage of podcasting, want to learn more, but some of them also already a podcaster and trying to switch their career to be like like you like an editor so what would you advise to them i don't advise people to go from podcasting to being an editor unless they love it 
you've got to love it. You cannot have any dislike for editing for other people. You've got to hit deadlines. You've got to do a better job than you would do for yourself. Uh, you're not going to be able to charge as much as you want to from the beginning. You've got to create some credibility. You've got to have the skills to be able to back that up. So I don't recommend you start on that. However, if you are getting into it and you feel like you really got a talent for it, or maybe you've got a background in radio, uh, you worked in a recording studio, you've got the background, you can use that credibility then to jumpstart a career or even just a good side hustle, a little side job, part-time job that you work on the evenings at your home to edit other people's shows. The trick now is to get clients. <laughs> That's the hard part is to find clients. Uh, but to make it a career, I mean, you've got to be able to produce enough in a, we'll say, 40-hour work week and be able to charge enough to make a living out of it. And you have to decide what that is. I had no intention of making a full-time career out of this. It just kind of fell in my lap. In fact, I fought it for at least three months, more like six. Uh, I, had, I was in a mastermind with some of my peers. And at one point, they're like, Steve, why are you messing with this podcast that I had been doing? You know, why are you messing with the podcast? Clearly, you're good at the editing thing. People want you for the editing thing. Why don't you just go for it? And it was that moment I was like, oh, but oh, it's so hard. I don't know, you know, could it really be a career? And they were right. They were right, and I did it, and, and I haven't looked back. It's been fantastic. So would, you, would I recommend somebody start a career that way? No, but if you've got the passion and the desire to do anything like that, it's the whole, you know, put your energy into it, but don't neglect everything you've got going on in your real life. You know, don't neglect your family. Don't neglect your pets. Don't, ne don't neglect personal hygiene. <laughs> you know, you've got to still work the day job and, and work on the margins of your life to be able to improve your skills. Start small, maybe take on one client or two clients, and just the marketing of yourself is going to take some time. And that's a lot of effort that's going to take at least you know, a few months to, uh, to see any fruits of your labor there. So how do you start saying, I want to be on, uh, on podcast editing, but so do, how, as a, how do I start in doing that? Do I need to say go to a community or learn something or buying a course to do that? Yes, all the above. <laughs> I would say a couple things you want to look at is let, let me back up a little bit because I heard Dan Miller say this years ago. He's a great author, wrote a book called 48 Days of the Work You Love. Fantastic stuff. Uh, he says, you know, reach for the bouquet. Uh, go for the bouquet that's in your reach, meaning pick the flowers that are close to you. Don't try to go, you know, way off into the distance to get a, a bouquet of flowers when those weren't here for you. If you've got some skills or some interests that are in your in your area already, something that you are interested in. Uh, for me, I started by, uh, I had a personal finance blog that I started in 2007, and I started a personal finance podcast in 2010, and I started going to this personal finance expo conference in 2012. My, my bouquet of flowers was personal finance. That's where I found my first client. That's where I found all my other clients after that, almost all of them. And and that was where I started. It was just in my own little community. So it's a niche. It's a genre. It's it's something that's uh, of interest to me. I'm not going to a bunch of the uh, the Bitcoin podcasters because that's not something that I'm into. It's not something that I'm interested in. I can't serve them as well as I can my niche. Uh, I could go for it to make some money, but you know, 
it won't last long. At least the customer service level that I have that I demand on myself to provide, it wouldn't last that long. So you want to start with a community, a niche, or some kind of interest that you're already in. Uh, maybe you're uh, um, into a uh, maybe you're a single mom, and you're in a single moms group, or you're just in a moms group. Uh, maybe you are in a professional uh, setting with uh, other people like entrepreneurs who like to talk about, I'm trying to think of a good example, I could have come up with one, but maybe uh, uh, local meetup groups, I know that that's something that they're just starting to organize again now, is local meetups where people can get together. Uh, you know, If it's something that interests you, go for it, start working there. Now that doesn't mean you walk in and start pitching your services, you wanna be, be a giver, you wanna provide some kind of value to other people what you define as value is not what you provide to other people. Value is what other people get from you. They determine if it's valuable or not. So don't go in there thinking, oh, I'm going to be the best thing that they've ever heard of, and you have no idea what they want because your value is not the same to them. So if you're going into a, uh, we'll go back to the moms group. You know, you're, you're a mom with two kids, and you meet other moms at the time, and you find out that other people in there are, are writing blogs about mom stuff. They got a mom, I don't want to call a mommy blog. I hear that's not the correct phrase anymore, but uh, that's what it used to be called. You know, maybe they, they'd be interested in doing a podcast, help them out, get them started, and then they might need your services. And it doesn't have to be just editing. You can create a whole career on providing services to five or six different clients who need more than just editing. You just got to be able to provide that service to them and, and be able to deliver on time and, and a good product. Okay, thank you for that. So you need to have a niche, not for everywhere. Or oh, I want to do this, and so you have to have a niche so that you can concentrate on that niche and do a little bit more on 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 the niche. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that. So as a as a service provider like you, and who is also thinking of going into podcast editing, um, do you recommend that you create your own community just like what you're doing now so there's a lot you create your own community and learn from it experience collaboration as um as an editor or as a, a podcaster or a service provider is that good thing to create your own community to serve well if everybody creates their own community then everybody's in a community by themselves everybody can't be in every, you know creating one for for every single thing uh it does, it's not a bad idea, but I would say you want to be involved with a community. Whether it's a Facebook group or a Reddit thread or it's something local, uh, you want to be involved with other people. That's the key there is to be involved and you know, you're not going in selling, selling, selling. You're, you're involved. You're being part of the group, part of the conversation that's happening within that niche, genre, whatever it is. And the... The stuff that the fruit that comes out of that is what you're going to want. You're going to want to be able to to eat off of that. That's a horrible, horrible analogy. I shouldn't have even said that. It's horrible. But um, you actually, I start my own community. No, I would say that when you join a community, uh, be a participant. I can think of a couple examples recently in a Facebook group that I I run. There's a guy named Kareem who came in, and he just all of a sudden he's just like explosive all over the place. He's posting in there and sharing really cool stuff. He shared a way to he, he took his um, I don't know if his PlayStation controller or one of the video game controllers and programmed 
keyboard shortcuts so that he could edit his podcast on his computer through Reaper with his game controller. <laughs> and it's the funniest thing I've seen all month. And he's just all over the place. So he is part of the community now. And from there, we're definitely able to have more conversations. Um, I'm, I'm remembering his name. And he's going to probably get some kind of recommendation or, or personalized touch from other people who are looking for help or need help with something. And, you know, they're going to take his advice more. Uh, they're going to you know, take his advice more readily now because he's been giving all this time. You have to be you have to be a giver so that absolutely so that people can learn. And then because if you give more fruitful information, then they said, oh, this guy got a good quality when I hire him or her. So question. The next question is, there's a lot of DAO software. And if you're starting up as a podcast editor, which one do you recommend to them? Aside from Audacity, <laughs> Audacity is well, a long time. <laughs> I will tell you that whatever you are familiar with, that's where you want to start. You want to master that DAW. Uh, for me, it was Audacity. I have mastered Audacity to the point now where I'd love to try another software, but I just know I'd be lost. And I've got a, I've got deadlines, and I'm just, I'm an old guy. I'm comfortable in my, in my ways, you know. But however. Um, there are some great programs out there now that are better for podcast editing. Hindenburg is one. There's some great reasons why Hindenburg's a DAW that you should look into. Um, Reaper is really popular in the space. It's kind of geared for music, but it, people have been able to train it to be really good for their podcast editing, and, and they love it. Those two are, are definitely high recommendations. However, the number one most used DAW by far among professional podcast editors is Audition which is an Adobe product. Adobe makes Photoshop, Illustrator, a couple of those great products, but they also have this editing, audio editing program. And it comes with a lot of great tools built into it, so you don't really have to buy extra stuff like Isotope RX or Vocal Writer and stuff like that. It can do a lot of it for you. And it has some really cool features that aren't available in other DAWs either. That one is, is highly recommended because, it, again, it's, it's the most popular among podca professional podcast editors. And it can be tied in with other programs that they use. So if you're going to edit video, well, you can quickly bring video to uh, from Premiere, another Adobe product, into Audition and bounce it back. It's amazing how that all works. It all ties together. So if you're going to do video, I would definitely look at that. So number one, most popular is Audition for many reasons. The number two most popular DAW is Pro Tools which is a really professional one, but it's been around for like 30-some years. It's one that if you ever worked in a recording studio, that's what they had. It was like the standard. Uh, a little pricey um, from people who use it. They say it's still kind of a resource hog, so you got to have a good computer for that. Um, but then another one, well, actually, that wasn't number two. Excuse me. I have that wrong. Number one is Audition. Number two is Audacity. Number three is Reaper. Number four is Pro Tools, and then number five was Hindenburg. In that order, we've done a poll, and that's how the popularity is. So you can see there's there's the number one is a paid subscription audition, but the number two is a free program that's been around for 20 years open source, you know, Audacity. Uh, it's all over the place. Now, can I produce a better product than uh, with using Audacity than 
uh, some of you using Audition, maybe. Um, depends on your skills and stuff like that. So if you're going to get started, start with what you want, uh, what you already know, and master it. But if you've got the ability or the desire to try something else, Audition's the number one most popular one. But then Hindenburg is fantastic, and Reaper's something you might want to try as well. Right. Thank you so much for that. Uh, yes, I might try another uh, software. <laughs> I've been using um, I, I've been using Audition since Cool Edit is the name. So oh, yep. <laughs> it's been it's been a while now. Yeah, so you're so... old too. <laughs> <laughs> used to be Cool Edit Pro. Yeah, it's been a while. Um, thank you so much for that. So, what are you? We're still in pandemic right now. So, what what are you most exciting about this year? Well, this year, <laughs> uh, I'm. It's it's actually. You started with saying something about the pandemic. It's the opposite. I'm actually going out and getting back to the conferences. Uh, here in the United States, we actually had podcast movement just last month in August, and I I I bought a booth, a booth in the expo, and the reason why is I knew that these conferences were going to be hurting. You know, you don't have people showing up. You know, who, who's going to pay the bills? And these conferences, I need these conferences to exist uh, for selfish reasons and because I love the medium podcasting so much. I'd hate to see, you know, these conferences go under because of lack of funds. So I sponsored a booth and I didn't do it for my product and services because it would be stupid for me, a podcaster, a podcast editor of personal finance podcasts to go to a podcasting conference to market my services. That doesn't make sense. I thought, okay, what if I promoted the Facebook group? Well, it's a Facebook group. What's where's the ROI there? There's no no benefit to that. But then the third reason is really what what clinched it was I have this academy and I have these members of the academy and I've got some that were gonna be at the conference. So I bought a booth, we got banners made up, podcast editor academy on it, and I had members of the community be the expert. They came and they staffed the booth for an hour shift each day. And podcasters who were walking around could walk up and ask any question they wanted about podcasting. And when you go up to a booth and you're talking to somebody, you're the podcaster and you walk up to the booth, you expect the person in the booth to be the expert. So here you are, just an editor, but now you got podcasters coming up to you and you might create a relationship that becomes a working relationship. So it was a great way for me to get people from my community, A, out there in front of people, because they might not be, you know, we're introverts. A lot of us podcasters, or definitely us editors, are just intro introverts. We, we don't like to go out and talk to people that much. <laughs> uh, but this forced them to do it, but it, it gave them a comfortable position to be in, because now they're seen as the expert. They might get a gig. Uh, they got to practice their pitches, things like that, and find out what podcasters are looking for as well. So it was a great great marriage between me wanting to support this, the, uh, the expo and having something to provide my community um, and I'm not going to make any money on it. There's no way I can make an, a, a return of investment on that thing. But I wanted to support the conference so that they're here again next year. I'm going to do that at She Podcast Live. I'm going to do it at PodFest 2022. We'll see where else I get to do it again in the future. That's what Thank I'm most you. excited about this year. Wow. Yeah. So hopefully it will open the door because in Australia, we're still on lockdown. Yeah. Unable to travel. So <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah. So uh, most possibly is online. Um, online summit. So, what what's one thing you learned about yourself during this uh, pandemic? <laughs> this is gonna sound horrible, 
but I have loved it. Uh, not the pandemic. I have hated not being able to go out and have lunch with somebody. I've hated not being able to go to conferences, and they're starting to open up again. Uh, but because I get to work from home, because I love being around my family, I had a before this became a career. I was for 15 years on the road a lot. I, we, my wife and I, had a baby about about a year it wasn't quite a year after I had started a job where it had me traveling and over the years the travel got more frequent and longer and to the point where you know when my daughter was almost 15 I had been on the road probably 80 to 90 percent of the time during the week that's not what I had planned uh, so then when everything switched and I got to work from home wow because editing you can do from anywhere if you've got an internet connection you download the files and then you can work from anywhere you could be on a canoe you could be in the middle of a, a island with no Wi-Fi. You could still edit and get your work done. Of course, you got to be able to send it somewhere when you're done. But it's really location independent. So I, I've been loving that. So the pandemic hasn't really changed my life, except it's forced my family to be home more with me. <laughs> so I kind of made up some of the time that I lost. So what keeps you inspired and motivate you day Today, today, oh man, I got a testimony from somebody who they did a uh, uh, in my podcast editors community, my podcast editors club on Facebook. Uh, I'll do a live stream with somebody and let them be the expert, and they'll show something that they're really good at, and I'll take that video and put it in the academy when we're done. But they get the exposure to over seven thousand people as the expert in whatever that is. And this gentleman had done a uh, presentation about compression. And he sent me an email today saying, hey, it's been a few months now. This thing was back in June, and here it is September now. But he, he said, hey, just want to let you know, I really appreciate you letting me do in that, that demonstration in the club because now I've got two clients out of it. That's fantastic. I don't know what kind of clients they are. All I know is he said there are clients. I'm like, fantastic. That's great. So if I can get somebody some gigs when they give their free time, it's a beautiful thing. That gets me excited. That's what excited me today. Right. So what if you say, what words of advice uh, would you tell to someone or anyone who wants to achieve what you have done? So what word of advice would you tell anyone who wants to achieve what you have done? So say, because you got a great community on your career. The success I've been having in both making money as, a, as an editor for, as a career and building this fantastic community is I've always been giving. And we talked about that earlier today. But you've got to be giving. I mean, nobody likes to hang around with somebody who takes, 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 takes and never gets back. And if you're out there giving, giving, giving and helping others to achieve what they're looking to do. I mean, I just talked about this guy who got two clients because he did a live demo in my group. That opportunity would have never existed without me selfishly <laughs> starting this Facebook group and then just always being in there and, and helping and trying to answer questions and asking questions that other people could answer and they they like helping out other people as well I built that community on that type of a premise where we're all helping each other if somebody's got a good answer please provide it and, and they all get to help that way so it's always always be giving always be try to uh, be trying to provide excellent customer service to whoever you're serving in whatever aspect of life it is. Thank you for that. So if you have a billboard 
on the highway to write one short piece of advice to all our listeners and our audience, what would you say? It's funny, I thought about that before, but uh, it's an interesting question that takes an interesting answer, doesn't it? Um, I came up with a motto for my podcast. My podcast was all about personal finance. It was all about getting out of debt, saving, investing for your future, spending wisely. I would put the motto on the billboard, and the motto is pay attention, not interest. Those four words say it all. Pay attention, not interest. If you pay attention to something, you will improve it. If you're paying attention to your relationships, you'll improve your relationships. If you pay attention to your career, you'll improve your career. If you pay attention to your money, your personal finances, you will improve your personal finances. And I was very, I'm still, I'm very anti-debt of any kind. And so if you pay attention to your money, you'll pay less interest. So that's, that's my motto, pay attention, not interest. Thank you so much, Steve. So how can our listener and audience uh, connect with you online? If they want to have a chat with you. Best place to have a chat with me, find me at stevestuart.me, stevestuart.me, or come join the Facebook group. If you're an editor, if you edit your own show or edit for other people, go to the Podcast Editors Club on Facebook. Just search for Podcast Editors. You'll find me. All right. Thank you so much for your time, Steve. And, yeah, so just go to the Facebook group, which you will learn a lot of tons of information about podcast editing, well, I've been learning a lot on that Facebook group, and thank you, Steve, for that. Thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of the day, and see you again for another episode. Thank you. See ya. This podcast is produced and managed by Kangaroo Fern Media Lab, Australia's independent video and podcast company. We do the podcasting hard bits so you don't have to. We make podcasts easy. Book a call at www.kangaroofern.com www.k-a-n-g-a-r-o-o-f-e-r-n.com We are Independent Podcast Network. We are Guerrilla Podcast Syndicate. Would you like to hear your brand while supporting quality podcasts? Contact us now at advertise at guerrillapodcastsyndicate.com.